Happy Monday, everybody. Happy Monday. This is I am Stacy Thomas with the Stacy Thomas Unrestricted Unlimited Talk Show. Don't know if I'm going to keep these glasses on all the whole time. But while we're waiting on my guest to come on, I wanted to say thank you again for tuning in. For those of you who don't know me, I am Stacy Thomas, author, speaker, talk show host, and advocate for Lou Gehrig's disease patients and families. Today's show is going to be very interesting. Um, Crescetta, the licensed clinical social worker that was on with me last week, we had great conversation. So she agreed to come back today and we're going to discuss how God blesses us to be blessings to others, right? And combining faith and therapy. So I do hope that you will wait patiently while I'm waiting for Kajetta to come on so we can get this conversation going. And once again, I thank you for tuning in and I'll be back in a few, okay?
Hello. So how are you today? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm fine, beautiful. Crisetta, they probably heard our conversation. It's funny because <laughs> I try to do everything, um, get all my business out of the way before Lever comes up. And wouldn't you know he's here early? So he's got to listen to us. <laughs> oh, great. So we have it's like a, a live audience as well yeah. as your other audience. Exactly. So that's going to be interesting because he's probably going to be curious about this conversation. How are you? I'm doing well for Monday. Um, feels pretty good outside. Went for a walk. So I'm excited to be here with you. So is, is that hair down because the governor has opened businesses back up and you're just out and about? No. And as far as I am aware that we have not that we're still on the stay-at-home order, Virginia. You are. Okay. Well, yeah, but you know, when I went out the other day, Kajetta, people are out like he opened everything back up. Let me um, try something with the camera. Okay. So yeah. It's that one? Are we yeah. on the correct one? Go okay. in again. The, the, what you just did. There you go. You okay. like that one better. Yep. Okay, so we got it. <laughs> So we've got some people on watching. And once again, this is Stacey Thomas. And I thank you for tuning in and having patience with us today. Chrisetta is here. She is a licensed clinic social worker. And if you guys missed her awesomeness last week, um, she's back again. And hopefully we'll see more of her at different times. And today our subject is how God blesses us to be a blessing and combining therapy, faith and therapy. That's something, um, Krijetta, that um, I, I heard you speak about one time before, and I told you I, very, I was very interested in it. What made you start wanting to talk about it? Um, well, myself as a believer, I, I definitely um, am, am a believer of Christ, believe in Christ, uh, Christy. Um, I am a Christian. <laughs> So it's important um, for me as a person of strong faith and beliefs um, value system to be able to incorporate that into the work that I do and to be able to um, intertwine the two and let people you know, know that it's okay to have faith and it's okay to have therapy. Okay, so I realized that there are things that we dis we discuss in the church that we are in need of, and I also realized that there are things that maybe someone such as yourself that has an office outside of the church, why can't we combine both? Because you've been gifted to help those in need, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. There, there are a lot of uh, different faith-based uh, therapists. So you could more than likely find a uh, certified uh, Christian therapist, um, maybe a Muslim therapist. There, there are people who specifically practice um, faith-based therapy. And when you say faith-based therapy, what do you mean? Would that just be with scripture only, or is there some other kind of therapy also, like meditation, different things will be added? 
Well, it's probably a, a combination of uh, a few uh, different sort of interventions, but if it's faith-based, um, then it's the center of the therapy will surround whatever that religion is or whatever that faith and belief system is with, like you said, maybe combining some other interventions and modalities, treatment modalities. Okay. Um, because it may not be suggested a lot in the church, or maybe it's becoming something that pastors or people in the church are um, suggesting for people there. Does this have anything to do with, last week we talked about the stigma of mental health. Does it have do you think it has anything to do with that? The older families in the church, and that's just not something that they were brought up on, like go out to an outsider. I definitely do. I, you know, I think it does definitely tie into the stigma um, for a lot of let's let's talk about like uh, I'm thinking Southern Baptist, deep rooted in the church folks. Um, they may believe that they just need to seek counsel at the church or um, to do what that faith-based um, organization believes that you should do in times of trouble. So uh, pray, wait, fast, what, whatever uh, regimens, if you will, are, are incorporated in that faith. Um, sometimes I think uh, in the past, we have been leery again of seeking professional services. So leery of maybe uh, people who do not look like us. So not having that trust there, but also being taught somewhere along the way that maybe if you just pray about it, everything will be okay. So I don't think it's been um, accepted. Let's say that. Okay. As much as it, yeah, yeah, and that does seem to be a statement that is um, used quite often. Someone goes to someone, especially to a friend or someone in the church, and they want to talk about a problem they're having, and the first thing people say is, "I'll pray for you," or "Pray about it," and that's it. I mean, that's completely it. If someone comes to you. And I spoke to a pastor once, a, fem um, a female pastor, we were, we were talking and she said she agreed with when I said, sometimes we need more than prayer. People get this thing for me and what I believe, people get this thing confused or they get so deep into their religion that they forget that perhaps there is someone outside of the church that God has blessed to bless them. Okay, yes, and, yes. And, and then that I'll pray for it. I'm sorry, and I've said this online before. If I come to you, Krajetta, I have something, I need something, you have what I need, and you can spare it. I don't expect you to just tell me you can pray for me, right? So I guess it's the same way with therapy. Do Give more than just prayer. Well, I, I agree. I definitely understand what you're saying, Stacey. Um, and I think that's where the, the, the faith without works, that's what I'm thinking of as I hear you speak. 
um, you, you know, what what actions are we going to take after prayer? OK, so now we've prayed, we've surrendered, we've released, we've made our requests known. Now, what do we do? Um, and I definitely um, think that it's a matter of the choice of who you're congregating with. Right. So so okay. so, you know, if you are worshiping or, or a, a parishioner of a, a religious organization and you cannot go and get help. If that is the response, maybe you need to reconsider that choice as well, because that doesn't sound like it's helpful, right? Right. Right. It, wow. You know, my belief is that the uh, we are the church is supposed to be a community. We're supposed to help folks um, pull our resources together, stand with one another in times of turmoil. So I think that. You know, that kind of has to do with the decision on where you're going, too. That's that's right. That could be a whole other um, subject, you know. They, they see the same yeah. words that you've recited, um, but they choose not to pay attention to them, really. Um, and, the ther- and back to the therapy part, if someone comes in and you know Sometimes being depressed, and people get this confused, and you're the social worker. Sometimes being depressed, meditation and prayer helps, but you may need something deeper that requires therapy, right? What do you think? Well, sometimes the symptoms are, you know, definitely preventing people from just performing daily functions, such as getting out of the bed getting dressed, going to work, maintaining a, a, a functional lifestyle. And, and I agree. So what do you do when um, maybe what you're used to doing in times of crisis is no longer working or when your depressive symptoms are so severe that it is impeding your ability to just live? I would say that would be the time that you should seek help. You should seek professional help. Um, if there was something going on with your health, I, I don't think it would be like it would be a no brainer to consult a physician. Right. So we kind of got to get past. We, we have to look at mental health in terms of like keeping our minds healthy, keeping our, our minds healthy. And sometimes you go to professionals and need professional help to be able to do that. And that's not an attack on your faith. Right. That that's not having to come against your faith. And, and why not combine the two? It, because they probably could be both helpful to you. So do you think that if they come to a therapist that they're going against God or the church? I do. I do think that some people hold that belief. Um, I do think uh, people are maybe just leery, for lack of better words, about who they get their counsel from. Okay. And so it may be easier to receive counsel in the church. But I think the problem is, like you like you asked a little earlier, what happens when those symptoms cannot be managed in the church and they're more severe? Yeah. Some people are looking for who's ever in the church is the person that has the right answers. 
And then those people whom they are looking toward don't bother to say, I don't know everything, you know, keep everything in house instead of referring them to somebody that can help them. People forget that the pastor may have taken psychology and I'm not like going up against pastors, but just like anything else, you don't go to a foot doctor and ask them to um, braid your hair. So right. when, you need, when you need help, you know, the pastor in the church and others in the church, they need to just kind of become more open and understand that people need help. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful about the, the future one, because there seems to be a shift in awareness of mental health. Okay. Two, I like my pastor, um, the Reverend Roscoe D. Cooper at, at MAABC Metropolitan African American Baptist church. Um, he is definitely an, an advocate. He definitely understands that, um, while he may be equipped to guide and counsel spiritually, that God has gifted other people to be able to counsel mentally, right? Okay, okay. And, and and then just letting you know us as members know that it's okay. It, it's okay to seek help. It's okay. Um, to not get all your answers and things met in the church because we're again we're a community of folks who who are really supposed to to use our talents and gifts to help each other wow. so I, I think and, and i've seen a, a td jakes I, I like to listen to him often i've seen him um be more of uh, be more vocal about stating the need to to mind your mind and and be mentally well so I, th I think there's a shift. I'm hopeful about a shift anyway. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to get too much off of um, the mental health, but it's when we say therapy, Kajeta, and you may say, Stacey, this is going to be something else to talk about. But um, any kind of therapy, you, you have a couple is sitting in the church. Too many people are dependent on the past and the congregation to help them with everything. Too um, many people, I believe, are not opening their minds up enough and willing to go out because maybe the people in the church says that's not normal. You've got marriages, couples that need therapy, Kajetta, or maybe have some type of mental issue messing with one of the, you know, somebody in the relationship right. and they're not coming for help. They think if they sit in the church, it's going to go away. And they have counselors in the church, you know, and once again, I'm not bashing the church. You can have people there speaking and trying to help people. But if you're not licensed, if you're not educated, you they should send them to somebody that can help them. I agree. I agree. Have you with the patients that you have, the clients that you have? Have you um, ever encountered something like maybe someone thought they were cheating on God, like going against God to, if they came to get help from you? I have had folks who are identified um, as religious or identified to a certain faith and definitely um, were concerned about backlash from family members if, if, if 
folks and, and, and the community that they were in if folks found out that they were seeking professional help. Um, but I've also had a lot of folks who come to me and they want to know, do I believe in God? You know, okay. am, am I um, a Christian? Because before I, I don't want to talk to anybody if you don't have a relationship with God sort of thing. So I, okay. I see a, a few different conflicts and um, I think it probably has to do with how you were taught. Like what did, like what were you taught about God and how, how do you see God in your life and, and what do you, what is your belief of God? Um, I personally believe God wants us to be blessed and well and, and that he wants us to seek and receive help and that we are worthy of doing so. So, you know, just try to like encourage folks that, again, you can you can have your faith and, and you can still have therapy and it's OK. It's OK. It's okay. What you say? faith? Yes, ma'am. So we have to be doing we have to be seeking help. We have to be asking for what we need. Yeah. Uh, and because how many times I've been certainly guilty of this, Stacey, um, again, in prayer, praying, 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 and waiting for something to fall out of the sky. Okay. Okay. And it doesn't, life doesn't work like that, right? Life doesn't work like that. Right. Usually the blessing is going to come when I get up and I work for it. And, and, and when I'm in relationship with folks who will touch and agree with me and say, well, may not understand it, but I'll support you. And sometimes um, those are people um, in my community and sometimes those are strangers, but we have to do our work. We're, what are we doing? We're praying for things and we have to be willing to do the work. Exactly. I, you know, you say that um, you have a family member that's sick and yeah. you want them to be healed. And you have some people that are so close-minded that they think, okay, they're going to pray. It never happens. And people will be quick to say, and I've been guilty of this, Krajetta. If something doesn't happen, saying God didn't have that form. That wasn't meant for them. But that's not always true because if God has Krajetta's office down the street and I have someone or myself where I'm dealing with a certain issue and he's blessed you to have a brain to become educated, why would he have you there if he didn't need you to help people? And people sometimes they don't get that, you know? Um, I just think too many of us, we we have brains and there are things that we can help people with and we're supposed to share those blessings and bless others and not just say, you know, I'm gonna pray for you. And if you know Krajetta can help somebody, then don't keep it to yourself. You tell that person, hey, I'm gonna pray for you, but in the meantime, this is what I want you to do. I want you to contact this person. Mm -hmm. So we're going to pray and we're going to get you some help. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. So again, action steps, action steps. You, you know what you made me think of as a meme going around um, that says 
people pray for you when you tell them what's going on and they say, I'm praying for you? That's the prayer. Have you seen that meme? No, no, and no. you were talking, that just popped into my head. People pray for you when, they, when you tell them what's going on. Right in that moment when you when you tell them what's going on and they say, all right, now I'll pray for you. They said, that's the prayer. Wow, that's it. That's it. So someone says, and um, I'm not sure if they haven't been on here the whole time to know that we're talking about faith and therapy. We're not dismissing faith. We're talking about combining it. Um, they want to know, is it possible for your faith to be your therapy? Mm. I think it depends. Now, you're the licensed worker, but I'm going to say... I think it depends on what you need the therapy for. Is something going on in your life and maybe you're not strong enough to handle it? And maybe you need meditation and prayer. Maybe you don't need medication. But in my opinion, I could be having bipolar symptoms or something. I need therapy, right? Right. You you could be um, experiencing severe mental mm -hmm. illness. But what would we say? Mental illness. See, that's the difference because people like to equate. I, I think the stigma comes a little bit from equating mental health to mental illness. Okay. Let me just say this. We all have mental health because we all have a mind. So okay. I'd like to like teach it like it's a spectrum. And, and at some point in your life, excuse me, you may be somewhere on that spectrum. Um, if I have some grief and death in my family, I may exhibit some depression symptoms. I may have some situations go on that lead me to depression. Um, there may have, there may be something in my experience during my lifetime where my anxiety is a, a lot higher than it is for me than it normally is. Right. So, right. so again, the spectrum. And and if you're privileged to live life long enough, you can find it somewhere on that spectrum. So let's talk about therapy. Let, let's use the term seeking counsel. So, so if someone asks me, can I use my faith as my therapy? I, I would then say, sure. If, if that is where you are comfortable seeking counsel, receiving counsel, if you are fed, if, if you are getting those needs met, sure. I think, Stacey, what you're leaning towards is the problem becomes when that's not enough, mm -hmm. right? When, when, right? when they need a little more. And so then whose responsibility is it to lead and say, okay, well, actually, I've done enough. This, I, I'm not equipped, you know, as your pastor, as your um, leader, in, in this congregation to take you any further. Now is, I think you need to seek professional help. So I think it's just all about, again, where, why are you seeking therapy? What, what is the reason? Um, who are you seeking counsel from? Because we all need counsel. Okay. So TC wants to know, um, no mental issues, but my faith is my therapy when I'm emotionally drained. That's what she wants you to know. Awesome. And I think that's, you know, for me, I, you know, I'm, like I said, I, I pray and I think it's good when I can meditate and I, I pray and I, 
you know, I got my thing. I read the word and I feel better. But um, I guess I have been at a point, Crisetta, before, like when I lost my mother, that I got so down, I did wonder, would I need something else to help me, you know? Right. And I don't think that was me thinking that I wasn't believing that God wasn't enough. It's just, you know, I just, God has people like you out here to help. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I like what, um, what she said. You said TC. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like what she said because again, seeking counsel, I certainly seek counsel from God. One of the things that I learned about God is that um, he does want us to flush. He mm-hmm. wants us to tell us. Like prayer is a time, a lot of people sometimes think that's like my time to ask for things. But really, for me, a lot of times, it's just, it's really for me to just express how I feel. Mm-hmm. And the flush and say, God, you know what? These people that you put on this earth beside me, right? <laughs> I'm having difficulty. I'm struggling right now. <laughs> I know that's right. Sometimes, and, and, right? And, yeah. And, you know, I talk so much sometimes. I'm like, maybe I'd have missed my blessing. I'm like, I'm just going to sit here, Lord. I'm just going to sit here and see if you tell me something, you know? It's, uh, it's a lot when people are trying to deal with mental issues, isn't it? And trying to seek out help. You you know what? Because Stacy, the main thing that I would like to express to your viewers, I think really people are internally afraid of being called crazy. No, I, I'm not crazy. Yeah. People do not want to be labeled that, um, like a head case. And really, you can only be as strong as your mind is. Your mind controls your body. It, it, you know, your behavior, you know, so a man thinketh, believeth, so he is, so it is so, right? That mm-hmm. That's very much in alignment with like um, a popular treatment modality, cognitive behavioral therapy, where, where they, you believe that your thoughts and feelings control your behavior and, and they do. So again, like you're not crazy, but who has taught you to manage your thoughts? That way you feel better about yourself. And then your behavior is a mirror of those positive things that you're telling yourself. And too often we're going through life, Stacey, and you know what? My auntie told me I was a brat when I was two. That stuck with me. Um, Then I got my first boyfriend in seventh grade. He said, you know what? You're a spoiled brat too. And, and, and this one said this and that one stayed with me and this stayed with me because such and such did. And then this tragic thing happened to me. And so we begin sometimes to believe some of the things that people have projected onto us. And so how do, who teaches us to reject and, and accept certain things from people? And sometimes it's our own family. Sometimes it's our friends. Sometimes it's our coworkers. So my question is like, or my statement is always like, no, you're not crazy, but who has taught you to manage your thoughts, to take care of your mind, to water it, feed it with positivity? 
you know, that's something because you know when you said people have a way of saying crazy, right? How many times have you heard some you've been to a family reunion or a cookout and somebody's acting a little off and the family says that oh she's crazy. Yeah. Oh, he crazy, he a little slow. Where's the help? Listen, you know, it's Be like such and such alone. Don't just don't mess with them. So you know something's wrong. You're saying that they're crazy, but you won't seek help for them. I think, well, let me just say this to people, family members, friends. When you notice that there's something going on with your person that you're in a relationship with, you have to have the courage to help them seek help or get help for them. Because you don't want it to be tragic. You don't want it to be preventable. You you want to be able to like prevent a full on mental crisis. You you want to be able to like assist people um, instead of like sweeping it under the rug. Because I think a lot of people do that. I, I would speak for like the black community. It's a lot of what happens in our house stays in our house kind of mentality. Or we'll we know how to deal with so-and-so, um, but then there's a problem when so-and-so leaves and goes out into the community and the community members are, are not aware of the bizarre behavior. Yeah. So I just, you know, I wish folks would just like have the courage to fight through that stigma. No, you're not crazy. Seek help. Seek help. For sometimes, sometimes they don't need a switch just because they don't act like right. everybody else in the family. They just may, they may need therapy. And that, and that goes for children, too. I'm going to tell you something else that is hard to believe for Black parents. Black parents have a very difficult time believing that children can suffer with mental health issues until the school says it or until the school says your child cannot return here unless, and then they put some stipulations in place, right? But children are little people with little minds and they do not have the ability to think clearly and rationally and put things in perspective. And they are stressed. They they can become stressed and overwhelmed. Yeah, I think I told you um, last week when we were talking about issue, mental issues, my one, one of my boys um, stressed emotional, mentally for tests, exams. And we didn't pick up on it right away, you know, taking him back and forth to the doctor for the canker sores that are coming inside his mouth, right? You right. see people with canker sores outside of, outside of their mouth, but what's going on? Infectious disease doctor, um, different people. And one doctor finally said one or two things, either something's going on inside of his body, like a cold or something, or he's stressed. First thing the next adult says is, how can he be stressed? He doesn't have a mortgage. He doesn't have any bills. He doesn't have a car payment. Just because he was young and didn't have the bills that adults have. Right. And and as we soon found out, it was. It was an it emotional was or, or mental, you know, he'd get that way. He'd start worrying about tests and he'd get a, a sore in his mouth. So he was having a physical reaction to, mm -hmm. to the stress, which mm -hmm. we do. We, your body is a sure tell sign. 
Like, but um, people um, won't recognize it. under stress and people will not recognize, well, or people will medicate and take all of these medications when, you know, probably if you just got some rest, probably if you just like resigned from that job and got you somewhere else that you could sustain your lifestyle and, and smile every day or most of the day. <laughs> yeah. You know, so stress is, yeah. yeah. And when, even if they're in the church and they decide to come and see, let's say they want to come see you, right? Right. They think they need to speak about something. It doesn't always mean they're going to be put on medication, correct? Correct. Correct. And I'm not really an advocate for medication. Um, and I'm not really an advocate against it. My okay. stance is um, usually somewhere in the middle. Um, and I just ask people, you know, would you deny yourself something that can potentially help you? Okay. Right? Like, you know, again, if, if you had diabetes and the doctor said you need to take this insulin or you're going to die, again, it would be a no-brainer. You know, for most of us, it would be a no-brainer. Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the insulin, right? Right. So, um I, and but I don't think I, I do have several like qualms about medication. I don't think um, people should be medicated for years and years and years um, with certain um, certain diagnosis. Some diagnosis people maybe do need heavy medication, like maybe schizophrenia, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I think you need a really good psychiatrist who who will help you kind of understand and educate what can be best for you. And then again, doing the work. So, so because there's no magic pill that you can just take in. That's right. 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 And so when, as soon as you find it, you let me know. Okay. <laughs> but as far as I know, like what, what medication can you take? And then instantly everything is perfect your mind is clear and you're no longer depressed. The anxiety is gone. Um, that's, that's just not reasonable. And, and then again, on the other hand, as a, when, when it comes to children, when, when parents tell me they've exhausted all of their resources, you know, I'm, I may say, well, you know, ADHD attention deficit disorder, hyperactivity disorder is one of the most treatable diagnosis with medication which is why those medications are often abused by college students and, and other people who need to stay up and, and maintain like abnormal productivity than the rest of us. Right. <laughs> it depends. It depends on that person. But I encourage people to at least be educated, at least educate yourself. If you are having a certain issue and people are suggesting the medication, do your own research and see what works for you. Okay. Okay. I've enjoyed this conversation. Oh, always. Thank you for um, having me. And I, I, I really do. I appreciate you. And I appreciate you speaking on this thing with um, combining faith and therapy. Is there anything else you'd like to say to our viewers on that, that we have not touched base on? Well, just take care of yourself. That's what I want everyone to know. And um, there is nothing wrong with combining your faith and therapy. Um, there's nothing wrong with just having your faith. And there's nothing wrong with just having therapy. Do what works for you.
Okay. But okay. do something. If you need <laughs> and how can they uh, reach you if they need to? Well, everybody, if they need to reach me, can check me out on uh, Facebook at Crisetta E. Lewis, comma, L-C-S-W. Can also catch me on Instagram at Crisetta and at Mental Health LLC Matters. And if folks are interested in uh, scheduling an appointment, you can catch me on my website and fill out an inquiry at mentalhealthmattersllc.org. Thank you, beautiful. Thank you. And have a great day, okay? You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for watching, everybody. This was the Stacey Thomas Unrestricted Unlimited Talk Show. Subject of the day, how God blesses us to be a blessing and combining faith and therapy. There's nothing wrong with praying and doing something along with it. You guys need to understand that. God gives people brains. He gives us common sense. If you need help, seek help. All right? So that was Crajetta Lewis. You can follow her on Facebook or send me an inbox message if you need to reach her. And have a great day. Remember, don't stress about too much, too much about yesterday or worry too much about tomorrow. You just might miss living today. This is Stacy Thomas, Unrestricted Unlimited, prayed up and strapped.